shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey friends, welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. And I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. We are so excited to tell you and share with you about one of our favorite conversations we've really ever had on the podcast, These Two were delightful. We couldn't have said it enough. We could not have enjoyed ourselves no. more. Tell them a little bit about Sean and Andrew East. After retiring from gymnastics in 2012, Olympic gold medalist Sean Johnson <laughs> East has continued her success story with a New York Times bestselling book, a career in broadcast, a mirror ball trophy after winning Dancing with the Stars. I can't even believe that. I know. And has launched several businesses alongside her husband, former NFL player, Andrew East. As proud parents to two kids and one on the way, these two, as we talk about on this episode, are a delightful follow on YouTube and Instagram. You need to find your way to following them. And even more delightful in person. Yes, Two of the are. kindest humans I think we've ever sat with. Indeed. Enjoy our conversation with these remarkable folks. You guys, it is such a gift to get to sit down with y'all and have you in our space at Daystar. We talked about getting ready for y'all. We have never had two professional athletes, <laughs> a um gold medalist from the Thank Olympics you. and an NFL player in one sitting in one room. It's just amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And not just that, but you are such kind people and you're Thank doing you. so much good in the world, changing the lives of families and your own little people too. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, just an honor to get to sit with y'all and have this conversation. Thank you. We're really excited. I think when y'all interviewed me, I had to make sure on my way out, I was like, we all be on our podcast. <laughs> yes. Because I yes. wanted to make sure we got you on one of these <laughs> yeah. days. So uh, so grateful 
We are so grateful. And speaking of your amazing little people, we want to hear about them. But will you go back a step and first tell us how the two of you met? You got it, babe. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so I retired right before the 2012 Olympic Games. I was how trying, old were you? I was 20. I was 20 at the time. Okay. It was. I was trying to make a second one. Retired right before it. Ended up going to the Games anyways to work. Wow. Um, I found myself at a track cycling Olympic event. So like Lance Armstrong kind okay. of. And met one of the USA athletes named Guy East. We hit it off. We just started talking. We were talking about books, about everything in life. And at the end of it, he was like, you know what? I think you'd be perfect for my younger brother. I want to introduce you. And Let's go. Big bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and we flew back to the United States. He kind of set us up on like a blind date, but it was like a double date. Where were you each living at the time? I was in Los Angeles. Okay. Kind of doing like the media circuit. Sure. Um, Andrew is in Nashville at Vanderbilt. Yep. Playing Play football. And I think you tweeted at me. <laughs> I, Back for, then. I, I formed my first social media account just yeah. to shoot my shot to get Sean. With her? And wow. It That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But we went on kind of like a blind date impromptu in Los Angeles. Evidently, I hooked him. He didn't quite hook me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just bad. so busy. Thank I didn't you. mean that in a bad way. You were so <laughs> sweet. But it took nine months of persuasion. And he convinced me to fly out to Nashville we went on a second date and I called my mom on the second date and I was like, I think I'll marry this guy. Wow. So, oh. yeah. So then it was our third date that we did beekeeping. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Talk yeah. a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, well, we we're so glad to be with Sissy and David and we brought a gift for them, which is some family honey. Yeah. And we were telling the story that one of the first inter interactions between Sean and I was me throwing her into the beehives and see <laughs> yeah. seeing how she reacted, which one of her biggest fears is bees. And you yeah. just, you kind of stared that fear right in the face. Way and to go. Yeah. dealt with it. Well, the test. he also didn't tell you that our third date was, he took me home to meet his family. Wow. So I was beekeeping with his family. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, Goodness. I either wow. am going to like run very far from this or dive all in. I'm so glad your second date, you thought this is the guy because it would have taken that to yeah. go on the third date. And then, wow, we're getting way too into the weeds, but the no. fourth date was then his brother's wedding. Wow. I mean, we, yeah. We just, we hit so, it hard. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. and then yeah. how long did it take you to get engaged from there? Uh, Two years? Still two years. Really? I was, I was, I was only a sophomore when we met, yeah. so uh, I finished college and then we, we got engaged after that. I moved to Nashville Four or five months after we started dating. Okay. And we, yeah, we dated and just had like normal dating life for two years. It was fun. Yeah. It was a good time. Wow. And then got married in, I don't know what year. 2016. Now. April 2016. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's then had our first baby now. 2019. So. Things are getting serious. Things are getting <laughs> <Yeah>. serious. <laughs> yeah. So will you talk a little bit about your kids? Yeah. Um, our babies are amazing. Uh, in 2019, we had our daughter, Drew. And she is everything that I'm not. Oh. She is a little princess. She bleeds pink. <laughs> um, she's an empath. She just like, everybody's emotions affect her. She's so smart. She's so fun. And then our son, um, we had in 2021, mm -hmm. Jet. 
And he lives life wide open. Mm-hmm. He is the kindest little thing, but he is terrifyingly fearless in every aspect of life. I feel like, you know, I, I was always excited for kids, mm-hmm. but it was more of like a responsibility or like, yeah. I just always knew I wanted them, but no one tells you how fun it is. Dude. Oh, oh my God. So great. It's a yeah. blast. Some of the time, you know. Some of the time it's not, but most of the time it's like the highest peaks in life. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's great. But they're amazing. And then third one. I was about to say. Yeah. Third one comes in eight weeks, seven weeks. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what we're having. Surprise. But I'm sure they'll give us a run for our money. Whatever. Y'all. Yeah. That's so fun. And if you're not following them on Instagram, we were going to talk about that later, yeah. but I just can't help myself right now because <laughs> y'all you. are one of the most <laughs> fun Instagram followers on <laughs> my, my house. It's all a lie. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cute and fun. It's so endearing. Y'all Thank make you. me laugh all the time. Thank you're you. brilliant with it. And it's a lot of work. It could be a job in itself. It is. But yes. we have we have fun with it. Yeah. And your Instagram handle is? Uh, Sean Johnson East. Andrew D. East. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Sean's is way better. So. No. They're so fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And we get to see those little cuties all the I time. Know. Yes. I know. So, okay. And then besides family life, you have created this media company called Family Made Media. Yes. You're hosting a parenting conference. Yes. You have your own podcast. I mean, y'all really are making a difference in so many spaces. And we're so grateful for the work you're doing. Will you talk a little bit about a common thread through all those things? Yeah. You probably have books on the way that I don't even... I mean, I feel like there's so many things going. <laughs> we actually do have one back on <laughs> We're just starting, so it'll really? probably take two years, yeah. but I'm really We're excited. We're really excited so about fun, it. y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say what it is, or is it too early? Well, it kind of ties into the common thread you were talking about, which, by yeah. the way, books are my love language. Oh, yeah. good. And your gift of a bag of books, I'm so pumped about. So Andrew reads you. like a book every few days, I probably. That's um, awesome. But the common thread... So we had considered writing a book, and... I'll answer your question about, you know, how do all these things that we do tie together uh, by talking about the book that we have on the way? Because we were toying with this concept and we didn't want to do a book on marriage because it's like, you know, we don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) anything. (laughs) And we're not, you know, legit counselors like you guys are. So we hesitate to give advice in that realm. Um, Also, we don't know much about parenting. We're just like figuring <laughs> it out on the figuring fly. It out. We do invest a lot of time in reading and learning about the subjects. Um, but we thought the one through line between our athletic careers, um, our current career of like media, and mm-hmm. we'll put out 3,000 pieces of content this year, which is wow, fun. It's, like, it's become a whole thing. It's a lot. It's amazing. Uh, it's all centered around... And a big piece of content with a baby. That's a yeah. lot happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but all the all the things we try to talk about are like encouraging and uplifting families. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like families is such an amazing platform and yes. interface to teach all the things about the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And so whether it's whether it's politics or technology or sexuality, I just feel like I feel like family is the spot that we need to focus on. And so we've tried to create like, you know, conversations around that thing. But having a sense of commitment through it all Mm -hmm. is what we feel like is a through line. My career athletically is way different than Sean's. She she was committed in a really beautiful way. And she was also really talented. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my journey of of athletics was commitment with probably less talent. But Mm -hmm. the story is like, you know, you do something different or you do something enough for long 
enough. And that compounds, you know, like we're so familiar with compounding interest with finances, but what about applying that to all areas of life, like habits with your kids or uh, habits with your marriage? And Mm. so that's kind of what we're focused on and really excited about. Like, what does life look like 20 years from now if we keep walking down this path? So that was a long-winded answer, but yeah. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. It makes me super excited. Yeah. That's fun. Well, and I love that you mentioned sports because, you know, we talk a lot in our offices with families <laughs> about kids and sports. We talk a good bit on this podcast good. and we are so excited to talk with the two of you. You are so overqualified to talk about this topic uh, out of your lived experience. And we just would love to begin by asking you all, like, what did your parents do to foster a love of sports? Oh, my gosh. This is a topic I'm very passionate about. Mm, I so have glad. had the privilege of coaching very young ones across every level and talent and dealt with parents through everything. Mm. So we, we talk about this a lot, but both of our parents, we have a very common uh, theme between both of our parents and our upbringing, which was they just like tried to foster opportunity more than anything. Wow. And my parents... I had a rule in our household, which was like, I always had to do something. I always had to stay busy. I always, I couldn't sit in front of the TV for the whole night. I had to have an activity of some kind, but whatever that was, they didn't care. We just had to stay busy. Wow. And I, they put me in soccer, violin, piano, debate, gymnastics, dance, swimming, all these things. And Sean's really good at debate as well. <laughs> I, I, know, I know firsthand. <laughs> hey, my coach always told me I should be a lawyer. I, I know. Why. Um, but the, the common trend of it was whenever things would kind of clash within the schedule, my parents would sit me down and say, like, what do you love more? Mm. And they never said, you're better at this than the other one, so you should probably do this. They said, what do you love more? What do you want to, like, continue doing? And gymnastics always... Wow. was number one. So it was the last... I mean, my parents would try to get me to like skip gymnastics practice just so we could like have a family day. And I'd be like, well, I love it so much. And they just always made sure it was like my dream and not theirs, which I loved. Wow. That's awesome. I'd be so curious to get your guys' take on this. I feel like the youth sports industry the last mm. 15 years has gotten... Is toxic. Wacky. Wild. Yes. 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 Toxic yes. a great word. Oh, yeah. man. I grew up in... Indiana, Indianapolis, and they just built this massive compound. Uh, what is it called? Grand Park. Uh, a couple years ago, where yeah. it's like all youth sports, and every weekend it's packed with like, you know, some percentage of parents who are banking on their five year old turning pro or getting a scholarship, and it's like, dang, which won't happen if you make that decision at five. <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee it won't happen. I just feel like um, there are. You know, it's like if you focus on that as the end goal, then you miss all the beauty that yeah. that is our surrounding sport. I am so thankful for sport in my life. I was the middle of five kids. My dad was a college football player, and yeah. he also did like Ironman triathlons. Was an insane athlete. Um, he actually started, you know, Clydesdale divisions and like triathlons. He yeah, started that. He founded whole thing. that. Yeah. Wow. he's he a was, big dude. He was two hundred sixty wow. pounds and wow. loved it. Six. Yeah, he was huge. Um, But so my two older brothers were always doing sports and I was just, you know, trying to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. But what I loved as I reflect um, how my experience was different than some of my peers is one, you know, starting at age like eight, there were there were peers of mine who would do travel baseball all year long or travel Mm -hmm. soccer all year Mm -hmm. long. 
we did three or four sports a year all the way through high school. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's like, I never, I did get a scholarship to Vanderbilt, but I was never only football for mm-hmm. me. Um, and when I think about the conversations my dad would have with us in the car after games, it was not like, Andrew, hey, you know, if you, you gotta bend your knees a little bit more and like mm-hmm. pop, you know, exp- it was not technical mm-hmm. or strategic. It was like, oh my gosh, that was so fun. You did so yeah. good with this. Where do you guys want to eat? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was just like fun, you know? And that was, um, I just, I feel like that makes all the difference. And it's those little things that add up. And yes. uh, I learned so much and I'm mm-hmm. glad that, I'm glad that I had some amount of talent and that it worked out. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm also super glad that I learned so much from sport because you're very talented. No, thank you. Baby. Thank mm, you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he self-deprecates his football career a lot. <laughs> oh, man. David, did you get your taxes finished? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where'd you get them? Thrive Market. Oh, how much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. (laughs) From pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. Thrivemarket.com slash RBG. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. 
can we go back to what you Please? said about at five? I guarantee oh my yes. that it won't happen. Will you say more about if that? If you make a decision for your child that young and you like project it onto your kid, mm-hmm. you're taking away the entire foundation of what sports for kids is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. A kid will be good and will be successful if they enjoy it and they choose it. Yeah. And I see so many times parents will be like, my six-year-old's going to the Olympics. And I'm like, well, now that you say it, she's not going to. Because <laughs> you're putting that pressure on a little kid to make you feel proud as a parent. Mm. I don't know, to live up to your expectations. Mm-hmm. And if it's not their choosing, they're not going to work through the hardship. They're not going to work through the the injuries, the obstacles that come. And it's just, I've seen it so much. I've had parents actually like drop their kids off and she's like, oh, she doesn't want to be here today. You know, can you just like convince her? And I'm like, no, I need you to take her home because That's it's funny. actually really dangerous. And to see all these parents are like, what team do I need to put them on at four to make sure they make the major leagues? It's like, well, I don't think it exists. Mm. Gymnastics just- is crazy. Families will move <clears throat> across the country to go to a certain gym yeah. so that one of their, you know, four kids can get coached by this specific wow. coach that hopefully will lead them to the Olympics. And it's like, that is pretty destructive. Yes. <laughs> you know what yes. But what's your guys' take? I'm curious. Oh, y'all, it's so good to hear you say that. I'm <laughs> so grateful because we're sure seeing more of that. We were, I don't remember where we were speaking right now this weekend, this past weekend, but Tampa. You, Tampa, thank you. <laughs> you were just talking about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah about balance in sports and how off kilter we've gotten. Well, and I think we are asked so often, you know, why are the numbers so high for kids and anxiety and <laughs> what are the yeah. contributing factors? And and there's just no question that overscheduling is a piece of that yes. and in the athletic space, you yeah. know, and the pressure kids experience to everything you all are describing. And, and I loved when you were talking about your experience because that was mine. It's like, almost everybody I knew played at least three or four sports. Mm-hmm. You know, it was this sense of you just rotate to the next one and then it's something new and it's something fun as opposed to kids feeling this pressure like, I hope I figured out my thing by fourth grade. It's like, mm-hmm. no, yeah, you should still be trying on sports like shirts and figuring mm-hmm. out, I like the way this fits. I don't like the way this fits. And yeah. the discovery piece that you talk mm-hmm. so well about yeah. that I think we've robbed a lot of youth athletic experiences of. Well, and it's such a common conversation that kids are having now. Like you said, you have to have it figured out by fourth grade. Yes. That kids feel a pressure to be good at such a young age. And we've talked about gymnastics, obviously. Our daughter is in gymnastics and she loves it. My worst fear is that a coach won't let her be bad Mm. because they'll expect like lineage and genetics to make her good. And kids should be miserably horrible at a lot of things. Yes, and be like be proud of it. Mm. One of my or my coach was a godsend. He is the coolest guy in the whole entire world. And he came from China, born and raised, competed there his whole life. He moved to the United States and opened a gym. And he said his goal was to raise children who are also children who are successful in their sports. Wow, and he. Like we had limits as to how long we could practice. He would take us to Dairy Queen afterwards. If we fell flat on our face at a competition, he'd be the one in the corner jumping up and down saying, I'm so proud of you. It was just, he was so good at making sure we were kids and we were having fun in our sport. And there were a lot of really good gymnasts because of that. I think failure has made such a horrible thing to kids these days. Yes. 
because parents are having these conversations around their kids at such a young age of, I'm going to take you to this place because that's your greatest likelihood of going to the major leagues. Mm -hmm. Like you're already putting in kids' minds the expectation that you have to be good. Whereas like, like you said, your dad never talked about, were you good or bad? It was just, I'm proud of you. Yes. That was fun. It's like that performance driven. Yes. For boys and girls. I mean, I've never heard it as much in girls as I have in the last five years. And, and it feels like, I mean, it definitely feels like sports, but it feels like every aspect of life, average and Mm -hmm. failure, both. Mm -hmm. We can't fail and we can't be average. I mean, I was a very (laughs) average, I I wouldn't even say an athlete. Uh, The, the sports that I participated in, I was worse than average, probably in all of them (laughs) I did. And it was fine. It wasn't a thing. And, And now I don't even know that I know kids who don't have some sport that they feel incredible pressure to excel at. Yeah. Well, and I think to like further on the question, Andrew, you asked, it was like my coach, the only thing he cared about was effort. Yes. He didn't care about mistakes or placements or success or quote failure, whatever we deem that these days. The only thing he cared about is like, did you give it your all? And if that meant falling flat on your face in a major competition, He'd be so happy for you. And he'd be like, let's go back and try some more. Because you're pushing boundaries. Yeah. Failure is like an indication that you're doing things that you haven't done before. Yeah. Because like if a kid comes home with a test and they failed on it, but they tried so hard, they're just not good at math. You wouldn't be like, oh, I'm disappointed in you. You'd be like, it's okay. We'll work on it. I'm proud that you tried. It's good. good. You also write a book. I will say, sorry, I'm sorry. I I was just listening to this podcast. Please keep going. Someone uh, recommended I listen to this podcast about a Hungarian father who had three kids and he was determined to raise geniuses. He wrote a book on it and everything. Have you you heard of this? And so uh, his, his hypothesis was that you'll know by the age of five whether your kid is a genius or not. And he was testing this. Wow. I know it's a lot of, which is so he forced toxic. He forced them to. He wanted to uh, experiment with this theory by putting them in chess. He also had kids for the experiment, just so we know the basis of this conversation. <laughs> wow. And they, they ended up they ended up being really good at chess, but it just has challenged me where I'm like, I I really do believe that everyone on earth that, that God has made, like is put here for a purpose, like special, special mm-hmm. purpose and has unique skills and gifts. Yeah. But how do you balance that with maybe not being like the number one chess player in the world mm. or an Olympic gold medalist. Mm. There's a little tension there, you know? Yeah. Anyway. just And it seems like it comes back to what do you love? Yeah. You know, that God has put these passions in our hearts that mm-hmm. are going to lead us. What's the Beatner quote about? World's greatest need. And yes. Mm-hmm. And your greatest passion or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I'm going to look good. it up. That's good. Okay. I'm going to look it up as we all talk <laughs> about, is there anything that you wish which it doesn't sound like, I mean, it sounds like your parents both did an amazing mm. job, but you wish you had done differently along the way. With like with our parents? With, no. Well, just with or your with athletic. Yes. No. As you were growing up. Oh. Like. Oh. Um, this comes from my coaches and my parents. They both had this like, they must've had a conversation at some point and like agreed on this concept, but um, they told me never to believe or dwell on regrets. Like regrets shouldn't be a thing. Wow. Because my coach, he always said like mistakes, failures, setbacks, poor choices, whatever, 
are just learning opportunities. And so whenever we got asked, even in interviews, and he was always there, what's your biggest regret? What would you change? He would like cut it off. And he'd be like, no. Wow. She learned from it, which is great. So we're going to move forward. And so it's really hard for me because I've had that mindset well, for so I long. I think that should be the answer to that question. <laughs> so I, yeah. I yeah. I'm sure good. there's things I would change, but it all brought me here. So yeah. I regret. No, I don't know. Good. <laughs> I, don't know. I love that. No regrets. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like I would, I wish I wouldn't have made certain mistakes and but they were but, learning opportunities yeah. still. Yeah. Mm, I, I, th- I wish I recognized earlier on that it was okay to not be good at everything. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I felt, I always felt this kind of need to, I had to be really good at school and all the, you know, math and history and mm-hmm. science. I have to get straight A's and there's this pressure behind that. And I also have to be good at every single sport that I play. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, that kind of misses a point where I ended up going to school at Vanderbilt studying engineering because wow. I was better at English and I wanted to like make myself more well-rounded, which I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's probably good aspects of working on your weaknesses, but I also think there's really good aspects of focusing on your strengths. And, and giving so I, yourself some <laughs> grace along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that applies athletically and as well as in other areas of life where it's like recognize that, I'm I'm good at some things and I'm bad at some things. <laughs> That's a lesson I mm-hmm. learned in marriage is like Sean's good at some things and she's bad at some things. Sorry. Well, thanks. And I'm good at some <laughs> things and I'm bad at, and and that's actually beautiful. Like it lends itself to this like teamwork. Mm. Um that's what I wish I would have recognized yeah. earlier. Yeah. Mm. I we really cannot ask the two of you enough in this space because <laughs> you've so much wisdom out of oh, your God. lived experience yes. and is there anything else that you would say with the perspective that you have right now to parents of student athletes? <sighs> a lot. We have had a lot of conversations about it. We've seen it with our friends who are having babies. We've seen it with a lot of people that you have such a plan for your child before they even come into the world. You're like, they're going to, I'm going to deliver them this way. They're going to go to this school. They're going to be this person. They're going to, probably be a gymnast and be really good. And they're going to be coached by this. And we've just realized firsthand that like our job is not to create a life for our kids. It's to like figure out what they love and help, I don't know, help foster the life that they want. Mm. And it takes a lot of humility as a parent to be like, it's not my life. It is my baby's life yes. and my kid's life. And I feel like you see so many times with parents it's almost like they want success for themselves more than the kid wants it, which is not the kid's dream. It's the parent's dream. And so I would just say like reality checks in the mirror every day of, am I doing this for me? Cause I want my kid to be successful or is it actually something my kid wants to do? Like our daughter hates soccer mm-hmm. <laughs> at three. I mean, it, she might come back around, but we were like, you got to go to soccer cause it's whatever. And it got to be the point where I was like, Actually, you don't need to. You, you miserably hate this. You want to be in dance. So, I will say, and would love feedback from you two on this, I, I think it's a fine line between instilling certain principles that I view as really valuable, like discipline and, and yes. uh, yeah. uh, following through on commitments. Mm-hmm. Sean, and Sean and I differ a little bit. As, mm-hmm. If we sign up for a semester of soccer, we're going <laughs> to do it in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm not 
I'm not here to force the kids, kids to do something. kids are three. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's a little 100%, harder. But, <laughs> but understanding where that line is of instilling yeah. principles while not trying to force something, <laughs> I think is really tough. Um, and that, that requires discernment. I think it requires like really good community and honesty and uh, honestly, like a strong marriage where it's mm. like, hey, are we are we doing this too much or too little? Are we being too soft? Are we I being love too that you are checking each other on it Me and too. talking oh, yeah. through it. And even <laughs> what a gift to your kids that you have different opinions because yeah. you're going to bring different perspectives for them in everything, but mm-hmm. but even in this. Yeah, I don't. I don't want people listening to this to think like, oh, we're just soft and like follow your heart. Sure. Which because no. I think it is a role as a parent to instill certain things. And that's going to be a hard road sometimes. Well, and a clear example is like, we're in the school process because our daughter goes into pre-K next year. Um, And it's like, okay, who has great athletic programs and opportunities, but also has art programs. And Mm. so we're stuck in the middle of like, we want phenomenal opportunities for our children. But then it's like, are we doing that because we came from really good athletic upbringings or yeah. So can you guys, are, are we on base with this? <laughs> yeah. Are, are we way are we off, off base? base? <laughs> I, I feel like, I mean, I, I would be curious what you would say, but I think balance is found in the struggle to find balance. Yeah. You know, so even that you're thinking mm-hmm. about schooling from all those different aspects and just bringing them up in all those different yeah. ways, because I mean, I totally agree with you that commitment is really important. And we see a lot of families who say, you can stop whatever this is after we finish the season. And yeah. I have been to a lot of three and four-year-old soccer games in the last <laughs> yeah. two years with my nephew. And the amount of <laughs> sitting on quilts and having snacks and running around the field, yeah. they don't even know they're playing soccer half yeah. the time. And so, I, I mean, I think it's it's both perspectives. Yeah. But Man, I mean, just sitting with the two of you, I trust y'all so much as parents. Thank you. Seriously, just the thoughtfulness you're putting into it. And and I think one of the things that we try to say a lot is, you know your kids better than anybody. Mm. And so to trust your gut, you're going to know. And and it's great if your gut's coming from different perspectives because you two seem like the kind of people that are going to talk it out till you get there, yeah. you know, yeah. in a great way. The mm. scary part is if we trust our gut, our son will be uh, evil Knievel, <laughs> or BMX, BMX guy. Yes, that's good. <laughs> he gets that from his mom, for sure. That's uh, awesome. I also, my last thought on that would be, um, like, it is really good to have goals for your kids, but yeah. I think making those goals things like the values or yes. the principles that you're yes. trying to take. Like, hey, I want my son. This has been really good as we've had a four-year-old daughter now, like to to remind her, hey, I want you to be loving, joyful, kind, uh, curious, all these things. And focusing on that as the end goal, not yeah. I want you to be an Olympic gymnast. Yeah. I want you no. to be uh, a yeah. straight-A student. Yeah. So keeping the main thing the main thing. Yes. So we're in this season of our podcast, we're talking about ages and stages of kids. Y'all are firmly entrenched in stage one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I can't wait. I don't know if y'all have encountered David's Wild Things material, but I'm so excited for you too. I mean, just what y'all are saying about him. I love the active, aggressive, and curious are his three words to describe boys in stage one, which y'all are. That is our something. (laughs) Yeah. So if you had to say what's the best and the hardest part of this stage? Uh, what would you say? Um, 
I would say the best part with both of our kids is just the curiosity mm. to see like how curious they are is so much fun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing Jet try to go down a massive hill on a bike and get terrified, but then want to do it again is like really fun. Um, the hardest part for me is probably like this morning with our daughter. Like the emotions are so hard for me to handle. Mm-hmm. And to know, am I doing the right thing for her? She was in this like meek phase this morning where there was nothing you could do that wouldn't hurt her feelings. Whether it was like get dressed, she wants a different dress, she doesn't like her clothes, she didn't want to go to school. She it was all these things. And I you, the adult side of you is just like, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> like, now, I don't now get Now you this. know what it feels like to be a husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the emotions are really yes. hard to do. <laughs> but I told Andrew, I was like, I can't tell this morning if it's like the pregnancy in me that has mm. no patience mm-hmm. or if it's the toddler in her mm-hmm. that's irrational. Yes. But like we were butting heads so much. And the emotions side yeah. as an adult where you can kind of figure out irrationality and ration or rationality is so hard for me because mm. we're more we're also just more physical people where it's like just go get a bike yeah <laughs> stop crying I don't know mm. I yeah which sounds horrible no it's so good I mean we've been talking a lot about that about how important it is not just to let kids feel but to teach them to work through their feelings and that's what a lot of what we're missing culturally <laughs> right now and so <laughs> but how do you teach good. them without saying stop right this is a wrong feeling because right. you want to like I'm always caught between a rock and hard place of like, I, I you need to valid, like, I want to validate your feelings yeah. of why yeah. you're sad. But I'm also tired of saying like, what's wrong? Right. Okay. Because nothing is wrong. <laughs> you're three. <laughs> I just That's made so a gourmet breakfast for you <laughs> and you're having a meltdown. <laughs> like, yes. When you're three, either nothing is wrong or everything, <laughs> everything. is wrong all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to send y'all home with a feeling start if there's not yeah. one in there already. But we need, yeah, so. we need that. Yeah. Well, you guys do it so good. I'm yeah. honestly, this is, this is awesome to be here with you guys. I have a million your questions. Wisdom. <laughs> I got to book a session. Come back. <laughs> we want it to be awesome enough that you'll come back. All yeah. right. So that's our goal for that the end of this goal. time. Yes. Yeah. Come back with a long questionnaire of how do I deal with my daughter? I, I think, um, yeah, knowing whether it's a me problem or a you problem, I expect yeah. there'll be more of that where it's like, yeah, am I, am I being too aggressive mm-hmm. or like shutting you down or, or is it you? you know? mm-hmm. um, but then also with, with my son, I've realized this. It's way easier for me to say, no, don't do that, than it is for me to say, great job, Jet. Like this morning, he was playing with something and I, you know, it was like a, a glass that he was going to break. I was like, put it down. You know, you're, it's like this panic. <laughs> yes. Your palms are sweating, like something bad's mm-hmm. about to happen, which, oh my gosh, that feeling of, you know, the cortisol just getting injected in your chest. <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. it's like a stress, um, yes. which is, you know, having to, having control over that and not, understanding that glasses mm-hmm. will break mm-hmm. it's like oh gosh this is this is stressful um controlling that and having self-awareness is really hard but also me doing a better job at when jet does listen to me mm-hmm. and does put the glass down yeah. and saying good job buddy that's way harder for whatever reason than it is for me to say don't don't <laughs> so that's the hard thing right? we're in the frustrating phase with our son as he just turned to like discipline has started and he just wants none of it. Yeah. None of it whatsoever. <laughs> you tell him to do something and he's like, nope. 
<laughs> and as an adult, you're like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> What's next? Yeah. yeah, that's so good. Well, out of living with that many little little people in that stage, what other encouragement would you give to parents of littles? Listen to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> Find a counselor. Um, I think I've just noticed in ourselves and other people, you rush to like want your kids to figure it out so fast mm. that you miss the joy of like experiencing it with your kids. Yes. And I noticed that this morning of why can't you just listen instead of being like, okay, there's a lot of curiosity here. There's a lot of patience that's needed. There's a lot that they're trying to figure out and I need to like slow down and actually celebrate our kids for where they're at. But I don't know if that's like encouragement. No, <laughs> encouragement for myself. A beautiful reminder. Yeah. 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 yeah we, we do try to remind ourselves, you know, there's a practice of imagine yourself at 80 years old reflecting on where you are right now. Yeah. Mm. And like it lends itself to this uh, approach of, man, the, you know, this is a little frustrating that Jet's breaking glasses, but so what? You know, yeah. this, he's only in this phase right now mm. for a short time mm-hmm. and just marinate in that. Mm-hmm. And these are the best days of our life. We try to, we try to remind each other of that all the time. Like these, these little things are so much fun and how sweet. <laughs> uh, and I have realized parenting is kind of like this long, it's a long process of grieving, I feel like. Yeah. Of like, oh, I'll never get this back. Mm-hmm. I'll never yeah. get this phase back. Yeah. And it goes hand in hand with like a joy of how awesome those days are. Yes. Um, but I I get pretty teary-eyed now, which I it's not usually like me, but with our daughter, it's, you know, she'll say things and you're just like, oh, man. And the yeah. other thing is, I, I think it is important. You got to find your village. You know, yeah. They say it takes a village. And I feel like that's actually really important yeah. to get different to get yeah. different perspectives, help in a lot yeah. of ways. Uh, also, watching kids interact is like mm-hmm. the best thing ever. Yeah. When two little three-year-olds are playing together in the playroom, bar- mm-hmm. oh, it's great. So, yeah. Can we just insert ourselves into a part of your village? Please. Yeah, please. Y'all just Careful what you ask for because <laughs> I'll be calling you all the time. <laughs> oh. Well, okay. So we want people to find you, obviously, Instagram handles, also mm-hmm. website. What's the website? Uh, Familymade.com. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's we fun. have our own podcast, a couple yeah. of things, um, yes. which is uh, not Wait, as and legit. will you say that again? Because it sounded like we have a podcast and a couple of things. Oh, yeah. sorry. Our, podcast, our is- podcast is called Couple of Things. There you go. Where, yeah. We're going to be couples. Yeah. Because- I think marriage is really awesome and mm. people do it differently. So we just try to hear stories of how people do it. Yeah. So cool, y'all. Yeah. And Sissy's been on it. Yes. Yeah. David was not able to make an appearance on it, but maybe next time. I would love to. <laughs> yeah. I would love to. Um, yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, David has a last question, but I found the quote. Yes. So Frederick Beekner is my favorite author. And he said, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and mm. the world's deep hunger meet. Mm. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Well, and you know, I was thinking mm. about, I mean, you both really have changed. I mean, you, what you have done in terms of your athletic careers, both of you, is just profound. And And I, I was thinking as y'all were talking, I really, I've loved this conversation. And I Thank feel you like too. you're talking so much about balance athletically, but I think you're talking about raising wholehearted kids Mm -hmm. and everything that you're saying. And it, I mean, 
what you did before was really significant. Obviously, you invested your young lives into what you did athletically. But I just was thinking, gosh, but it sure feels like potentially part of why God allowed all that to happen Mm -hmm. is to get you here, where now your voices are getting to share so much honesty and vulnerability and hope and truth and light into so many places. It just makes me so grateful that he established these voices that you have and gave you a place to share them. And now this is what you're sharing. So just honor you with us. I love the way you said that. I was thinking the exact same thing, listening to you all. So grateful (laughs) for your voices, both of you. Really thankful you'd lend them to our podcast. Anytime. Mm -hmm. We like to end with something fun and food related. So we jump from parenting to food. Great. And we've got a two-part question for you. First is queso or guac. And Mm. the second is what's your favorite kind of taco? (laughs) I'm going queso Queso. all day. Okay. I think I would order guac because it's probably the healthier version, (laughs) but I love queso. (laughs) And favorite taco right now is like a soft shell taco. All I can think of is ladybird taco. Mm. But they're like chicken with the uh, pickled onions on it. Salsa verde. Yeah. What? You like That's it? my favorite. Oh, it's, oh, it's with co- cojita yes. cheese or whatever. Yes. It's the best. I don't really discriminate between tacos. I will say I prefer the soft shells, <laughs> yeah. but I like yeah. any type of taco, any type of pizza. I'm there for it. Pizza and a taco. That's that would be interesting. <laughs> Innovative. Yeah. Pizza tacos. I'm surprised it's not a thing. Uh, we could try it. Yeah. Well, y'all, thank, thank you for having you us. Both. Oh my goodness. What a rich conversation. Yeah. Did you love today's episode? If so, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Send a quick text or email with the link to the show. Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls. 